1: Welcome back to the Farms of Ice podcast, where we discuss everything agribusiness and how you can improve your own enterprise. Today is our ninth episode, and we will be speaking with Bill Mitchell. Bill Mitchell is a farmer and innovator from the New England region in northern New South Wales. He has founded OptiWay, an automated in-paddock weighing solution that can save time and money for farmers, small and large. We dive into how it all started and how he was able to bring a product to market as a farmer. There are a lot of farmers innovating for themselves, but few are able to bring a viable product to market. We discuss challenges he had along the way, starting out a business from your own farm, and how long it took for him to realize he had the idea. Let's get into it. Bill, how you going, mate? Yeah, good. Jack, how you going? Yeah, going excellent. Good to see you. Got some greenery behind you there with your cows and also your Optiway.
2: Yeah, but things, things are a bit different this year. It was a bit of a hard hard slog last year when no one had any feed.
1: Yeah, I bet you would have been a bit dormant or like just educating people on the process of it, more so. Oh,
2: it wasn't too bad because we were yep. only just going. So, yeah, we've been, we've been moving reasonably slowly to date while we just make some
1: changes and, and make sure everything's working properly. Yeah, excellent. Just before, we, like, we get into the business side of things, um, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and like how you came to starting OptuA?
2: Uh, sure. Um, so I'm am a farm boy from out of Armidale in northern New South Wales, um, and I did the uh, I did the leave school and go to uni thing. Um, unlike all your other guests, I didn't go to UNE. <laughs> <laughs> I, I... I headed down to um, down to Sydney and I studied wool and pastoral science, which which was at New South Union no longer exists. Um, and and then I finished that um, in 1991, just as the the wool floor price scheme was was getting disbanded. Um, in 1992, I got a job with Dalgetty, as they were then, uh, on the in the wool division, wool department. And, um, and I, say, I suppose my, my interest in trying to find solutions uh, for problems in agriculture was, was really ignited then with that whole floor price scheme having fallen over. And it was suddenly it was a great big problem for, for a whole lot of wool producers about you know, the price of wool and supporting the price of wool and, and all that sort of thing. And, and um, there was a bit of talk around about um, getting back getting the wool futures markets going again. And as a young guy um, on the wool team, I I was really lucky to be given an opportunity to follow that through for Dalgettys and, um, and got really interested in that. Um, And yeah, there I spent, I spent quite a few years with them before returning to the farm full time as you do. And, and um, we're full-time farmers for, for about 10 years. And, and during that process, I, I discovered a solution for another problem that we had on our farmers. How to, how to yeah, know how the cattle are performing, how to know what their weights are without having to muster them in for weighing them. And, and that, was, that was how OptiWay
1: came about. Yeah, excellent. So what year was it that you came up with the idea? And
2: oh, It was six or seven years ago, Jack. It was just when Walkover overweight, excuse me, Walkover Weighing first appeared on the scene. And I thought, well, that's a great concept but and I played around, but I couldn't make it work in our country where you know we've got lots of paddocks and and trying to fence off somewhere and train the animals to walk over a platform didn't didn't really work and and I just started playing around. I just thought well maybe if you if you put a platform in the paddock, they would stand on it and and I found that they'd happily put two feet on it, yeah, but not four um and then I just played around. I thought, well, maybe maybe the correlation's good. And I started doing some trials at home, found the correlation was excellent. Did some, built a few units and sent them to, to some people in Queensland, some people in New South Wales. And, and I found that the correlation held there as well. And, um, and then I, I sort of played around for a number of years, just, just trying to work out what worked, how to stop cattle wrecking it, how to stop cords getting chewed and all that sort of thing. Um, and then it was really, I suppose it was, it was because of the drought, really, back at the beginning of 2019, it was terribly dry at home and we'd, we'd largely destocked And I had the time to, to put a bit of effort into it. And now I've got the tiger by the tail and I can't let go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So in the beginning, was it just to fulfil your own curiosity uh, and to improve your own place? And then it's just evolved into commercial?
0: Yeah it was.
2: It, it was. it was very much so. it was very much, can I make something okay, there's walkover weighing. that, that's, that does what we, we need in, in as much as it, it captures animal weights in the paddock. But it, this, that particular solution didn't work, and it was just sort of out of interest and, and just that I don't know, just that interest in, in trying to solve a problem, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So are you able to like talk us through like how it does work? I, I haven't seen one in face um how does it work and how like the cows livestock getting into it and recording yep. of it
2: so, so it's it's sort of like a um a half length weighing platform with a, a frame around the front and the sides of it yep and then right up the front we put a, a lick block like a molasses block or a salt block depending on the on where you are and what, what the cattle are after and that just encourages them and. And just near the head, there's a, there's a RFID tag reader. And so they just, they just wander up out of curiosity. They, they'll happily stand on it. They get their tag read. They get their front feet weight taken. That all gets sent to the cloud, as you do, where we, we filter it out and uh, convert it to whole body weights and, and send it back down. Back down to our website, and people access it from wherever they are.
1: Yeah, excellent. So it's working closely with the EID, just so you can collect it per per um, animal.
2: Yeah, it is. We can do it without the EID. Yeah, but but it's um, when we do have the EID, like a lot of mobs, you get um, kind of a third to two thirds of the mob. So having the EID is is useful to be able to track. You, know, you can't track every animal in most situations, yeah. but if you can, you might as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because like, if you didn't use the EID, you'd be basing it off an average, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you'd draft off from the average or you'd keep them on the pasture if they haven't built up that daily yeah. weight gain? Yeah. Even without the EID, you still get a pretty good idea. So for like, in the background there, it's running off some solar. It's, it's reliance on the sun... Getting down to power it.
2: No, it's got um, it's got a, a solar panel and a, and a pretty big battery inside of it. So
1: yeah, right. So it's it just charges up throughout the day. Charges
2: up throughout the day. It, you basically never have to touch it for power. We've got units that've been out there
1: for years and never touched. It. Yeah, perfect. What sort of challenges have you had along the way? Um, like you would have had to make it pretty bulky. Like have you had cows chewing it? I imagine.
2: Yeah, we um we've we've had a bit of fun along the way. We tried we tried a flat pack version for ease of shipping, um, and, and a that was on the Or no, care out if I managed to get one pin out, and once they got one pin, they could start pulling it apart, and they managed to scatter the whole thing <laughs> and chew all the cords. And... Ready to
1: ship again, they reckon.
2: Yeah, so that uh, yeah that was a challenge. Um, communications are one of the biggest challenges. Just you know, you, can, you can, can do it without communications in, in theory. You can do it where you just have a USB stick and you, you drive out to the machine and get the data. Um, but what we found was that most people, um, once they've had it for a while, they really want to be able to get the data instantaneously. And, yeah, sometimes you might be on the phone at 8 o'clock at night or even during the day and you just you want to know what those cattle weigh, but you haven't got time to... To drive five Ks down the paddock and get the weights out, so so we decided to go um, at this at this stage, at any rate, with a with a fully connected system, and that's meant that we had to. Uh, we tried a whole heap of different technologies. We tried the the sort of low powered, wear, wide area network like Laura WAN style stuff. We yeah. um, we've tried a heap of different modems and new technologies new cellular technologies and um, and we've also had to build a satellite solution which is no main thing
1: so how'd you get into that it's not like running your own satellite or you're bouncing off satellite for the info
2: no we use one of the one of the mainstream satellite yep. providers Marsat. so they've got these double-decker bus sized satellites up in the sky so it's uh, it's very reliable. It's, it's amazingly reliable service. Much more reliable than cellular.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I imagine like was it a steep learning curve coming into this as a farmer? We're pretty cluey oh, blokes, yeah. but like when you get down to tech, um, some things can go over the head pretty easily. Eh? Yeah,
2: yeah, and and look, I've had to get a lot of help with, particularly that communication side. But it's yeah, yeah. it's been an amazing learning curve. Lot of stuff I never wanted to know. Yeah.
1: So for like the comms going back to your own computer what sort of data do you get back on that
2: oh so you get um you get daily mob averages they update every hour um the mob average for the day you get the individual animal records you can have them by the week or by the month or by the day um and and in Increasingly now, a lot of our development work is around analytics, so we're actually able to um, show a chart of how the, how the average daily gain is going and, and identify um, points where it starts to slow or even dip. So a, a large part of it is, is around developing those analytics so you, you can pick up things that are going on in the paddock before you might see them in the eye.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think like with the data, like within agriculture, we're all looking to save it a lot more, but you can never dive down too much um, into individual elements throughout it. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it's real real challenge because some of these things generate, you know, there's, there's some units out there that generate hundreds of records a day. So yeah. you just data overload and you've got to, that, that's what we say was one of our key
1: jobs is working out how to produce, turn that into useful information. Absolutely, like making it consumable for the farmer. They don't want like a complicated thing in the end, do they?
2: No. no so, it's got to be like everything. Has, it's got to be quick. Okay, they're gaining that much. Good. I'm happy to move on.
1: Yeah, and then you can go do your other tasks. For, um, for that coming through, where does the data go? Do you have your own like platform or is it fed into Excel or online stock no, we,
0: We've
2: got our own platform. Um, yeah people can download it and and put it into whatever they want to use to analyze it further if they, if they want to. And and we have played around with exporting directly into other software packages, farm software packages. Um, But that's, that's going to take a little while because they're kind of used to dealing with a single weight record for every animal in the mob at one point in time, whereas suddenly we just, turning up with this whole stream of data.
1: Yeah, definitely. For like, for your clients, who's an ideal client? We've got a lot of people looking into like feed lotting um, within livestock streams, or is it more individual?
2: There isn't really an ideal client, Jack. There, anybody who's got, you know, you've got to have enough, Uh, yeah, it's a fifteen thousand dollar piece of kit, right? So you, yep. you, you need a need a few head to justify it. But we've got them in dairy farms managing, growing out heifers. We've got them in backgrounding and grass finishing and breeding places in southern Australia. We've we've got four in feed lots. Um, we've got them in Central Queensland on on finishing places, and we've got them right up in the Gulf on breeding and backgrounding places.
1: Yeah, so like up north, they'd be doing a few cows a day or a week even, wouldn't they?
2: Oh, yeah. And look, yeah. the value proposition up north is, is terrific because those guys are, yeah, you could have mob of cattle and if you want to weigh them, you're talking helicopters and days, lots of people for days
1: yeah. just to get guards. So how would you set it up for that? This is putting it in the, close to the water? Yeah, we generally do, Jack. Just just somewhere or somewhere near where
2: yeah, you know, where the where the cattle are camping.
1: Yeah. Yeah, excellent. For like someone that does buy it, how do they approach that? Like do you come out, deliver it and like help them set it up?
2: Yeah, we do. So yeah. we're only we're we're only a small company and, and we kinda of like to yeah, you know, we're we're developing as we go and, and getting to know our clients so that um we understand their situation, and they understand us, and they can provide feedback to us on things that are working, and what they, what sort of data they want to see, and and that sort of thing. And um, so, so we aim to have quite a quite a personal relationship with everyone.
1: Yeah, definitely. I suppose it like speeds up the process of them speaking to their agent, saying like, they're, "Yeah, they're ready to go. We can ship them off like next week." Yeah, yeah.
2: They're the main. Yeah, it's that knowing when cattle are are picking the right time to market them is is probably one of the main uses. Uh, And then the other main one is just monitoring how they're tracking, making sure that that they're doing what you expect them to do based on the feed that you've got and and that everything, you don't end up with any surprises. It's Yeah. The worst, the worst thing of all, when you go to, and and we've all done it, you know, you, you book cattle in to sell them based on having a look at them in the paddock and you think, yeah, yeah, they're right. They've got to go. You get them in and they're 30 or 40 kilos lighter than you expected, but there's nothing you can do because the trucks are booked and they've got to go.
1: Yes. Like a perfect way you can probably um, expect to like gain a lot more from like purchasing one. Um, And then like, you'll see the value over time as you know, when the right time is to get them going. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can probably you can probably measure off like how much pasture you got left, and then like how much they need to gain, as well.
2: Yeah, you could. Yeah, all all those things, and yeah, there's obviously there's obviously lots of you know you start combining it with satellite data on how much pasture is available and growth rates and things, and and people who are much smarter than me are eventually going to work out
1: some pretty some pretty cool stuff around that. Yeah, definitely. So I saw that you won like the pitch to grow as a local startup. You've won some funding uh, to go globally. How's this all worked out for you?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's look um, doing something global is is something we'd really love to do. It, it'd be much easier just to to do it in Australia and and put it off until you're ready. But if it's ever going to happen, you've sort of got we've got to start the wheels in motion because it'll take a long time. So we we'd love to be you know forming some partnerships overseas with with some other companies who can who can sell in in those other markets and, and we kind of ship them our electronics to put in the units. Um, and so so that bit of funding is just gonna help us pursue that. We we had an article appeared in a magazine in Ireland and and we've had a heap of calls in this last week just from, from Irish farmers and yeah so, yeah, right. so hopefully yeah eventually um Somewhere along the way, out of all those discussions, we'll find someone who, who turns out to be a good partner and just see how we go.
1: Yeah, I didn't suspect like Ireland would be the way to go there, but obviously they're keen to adapt and adopt into it.
2: Yeah, one of the interesting things I've found talking to people over there is that because their farms are all, they're kind of little paddocks here, there, and everywhere. And, and like to get the cattle to the yards, you might actually have to walk them through the local town and past the pub. And yeah <laughs> That's, It's a real nightmare actually trying to weigh cattle in, in that scenario.
1: Hey, like, do you get data every time one comes on because over there in the smaller paddocks, like they may be going for the lick a lot more than like the larger paddocks across Australia. How's yeah. that work in that? It just: Yeah, like, yeah you'd just get a lot more data coming through, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you you would. But um and and that's fine, I guess. Yes yeah. in the, the day just average it all up and Yeah, it's just like more incremental rather than big slaps of cows coming through and weighing just when they need a drink or whatnot.
2: Yeah.
1: That's perfect. So for like how did you find starting out a business as a farmer? What like what did you need to learn yourself?
2: Oh, Yeah, I needed to learn a lot of tech stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, um, And I suppose what I did learn, probably the main thing I did learn was that um, having a good idea doesn't, it just doesn't turn into a business. It just, Mm. you, a good idea is, basically a good idea is, worth nothing until you actually turn it into a business yourself there's there's no value in a good idea or not certainly not in my the idea that I had anyway I found was it yeah you you've got to go out yourself and and actually sell units and get on the road and build units and make it all happen yourself yeah you, there's no we tried a, a couple of times along the way when we got to various stages to say yeah, because obviously you build something like this and you think, oh, well, uh, partnering up with a bigger company is going to be a really good way to get it into the marketplace quick and that sort of thing. But um, what, what I learned was that your idea is, is pretty much worthless until you have built a business around it and, and tied off all the loose ends and that these startup yeah. businesses we have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like the trial and error aspect of ag, which is also like works well for us. We do have like that huge area that we can trial, trial out our own experiments. Like yourself, you started out on your own farm, um, and came into fruition to like a commercial enterprise. For like your time, how do you split this on working on the farm? You got someone back home.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's getting it's, it's getting to be a, getting to be a challenge. Um, a, a wife and daughter and son are. They're running the farm at the moment and um, I'm rushing off to Queensland every few weeks delivering these and and getting embroiled in this. But uh, they're, my, uh, they're my rocks at home at the moment.
1: Yeah, definitely. So it's a bit of a family enterprise going along?
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, very much a, a family enterprise, which is, which is really
1: nice. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So, like, is the workshop at home on the farm?
2: Oh, it was, Jack, until last week. So... So um, we've actually moved it into Gyra, and and of all places, we're in the shed where runway scales were first developed by Bruce Thompson in Gyra. Yeah, right. The first livestock weighing scales. Yeah, they, they went worldwide. So it's it's really cool to be in that shed.
1: Yeah, we used to play footy up um, up in Gyra against all the blokes that worked on the tomato farms. It was pretty cold when we went up there, for sure. <laughs> Yeah,
2: like a very cold, late Saturday afternoons up there.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. So, like, you've got a bit of a physical premise at the moment?
2: Yeah, the, the guys in Guyra Ramage Engineering who who do our steel work um, have, have um
1: kindly let us use one, part of one of their sheds. Yeah, excellent. So, yeah, it's become, all becoming a bit more real. That's fantastic. Like, you've got a bit of something to go to, get out of the house a bit. For Optiway, how do you measure the success? Definitely satisfied customers,
2: Jack. Yeah. Like, like people are pleased with their product. Um, we've yeah, you know, one of the things that we've done starting out, um, probably if I if I say it here, I'll be committed to keep doing it is um, is giving people a trial period. Yeah, um, so a couple of months, just because it's it's a foreign concept, right? Like weighing front feet weighing of cattle it's a foreign concept and so we've given quite a few people a a few months two or three months to try it try it out and my measure of success is when that period comes to an end and they're happy and they want to keep it
1: yeah absolutely just seeing like the uptake there Uh, that must be like that must be pretty cool for yourself to see like your product um, is going out there and actually making a difference improving people's efficiencies
2: yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I mean, I never dared dream that I did get to this stage, but it's, yeah, it is. It's
2: it's really satisfying.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's all too easy to just sit there uh, on your own farm and just do the day to day work and get it done. Um, but you've done a lot, like a lot of hard work leading into this. Um, it's perfect to see. For like the other ones, I don't know if you've listened, but a lot of people like are coming from farming backgrounds that are the ones striving. Um, so it's good to see like, you're joining the crew as well, and just like looking to do a bit more with yourself. Um, so yeah. that's excellent. Oh, it's fun. It's good fun. Yeah. So how's the family tie in there? They do a bit of marketing and whatnot for you, the online social yeah. media.
2: Yeah, they do a bit of that and a bit of bit of um, fitting out of units and and coming on delivery runs and yeah. So so we're all, we're all involved, but increasingly we're we're having to get few other people on board too, just, just as the workload
1: increases. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think you were like, you're just beef at the moment, aren't you, for that?
2: Well, we are, Jack, but yeah. um, we've just solved, in the last 24 hours, we've, we've solved a couple of issues that we had outstanding as to how to make it work for sheep. And um, so we'll be, we'll be getting to work on that um, pretty soon.
1: That's pretty cool. you got that project coming up. Um, is that a 2020 thing or more likely a 2021?
2: No, it'll be a 2020 thing. So, so we, our culture is very much just to, uh, we just, yeah, we'll build it and put it in the paddock and see how it goes. You don't want to, yeah, turn it into um, a great long-winded project that actually never gets started. So we just got to get something built into the paddock and go from there.
1: Yeah, excellent. So you've got like a minimal viable product um, and then build it up from there.
2: Yeah, yeah, very much to iterate it and and refine it as we go.
1: Yeah, yeah. in the initial stages, did the like the buyer or like the farmers play an important part in optimizing and within the developments and improvements?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, as I said, we we actually built or even built myself some some dummy some test units. Yeah, and and sent them out to some people to get their feedback and and that sort of thing. And um, we only started selling once we once we were confident we had something that worked and and was robust enough to stand behind. But we've still incorporated a lot of feedback
1: since then and mod, and kept doing modifications. Yes, yeah, definitely like an ongoing feedback process, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Otherwise, you never get anything to market. Yeah, you get like a little niggle or something. Um, that might like someone might not pick up on it, but then one bloke up the field does for sure. Yeah, that's excellent. Like, thanks for coming on board. I thought it was like really good to get into like the livestock aspects of it. Uh, I think it's an excellent product. I'll have to check it out one day. Have you gone to a few events for it?
2: No, we we haven't really Jack because the COVID nineteen sort of thing sort of as soon as we started getting ready for that. But um, something we'll do in
1: the future. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Twenty one. Look out for OptiWeight well thank you very much for joining on the show bill just before we go a few last questions um who would you like to hear on the farms podcast and why
2: um yeah i've been thinking about that and and I, i don't have a i don't have a name for you um but but what i'd love to hear is is from yeah some of those farmers who are who are really pushing the boundaries and with innovation and, and developments and things. And, and yeah, you know, the people who the people who are generally regarded in an area as, as yeah. doing a really good job with innovation and hearing some of their stories.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I think like that's my target market. The ones that are wanting to adapt and adopt and hopefully farms advice can provide like an excellent bridge for people getting in touch with you uh, and like using that trial, whether they wanna keep going on with it, but it's just like that implementation onto their own agribusiness enterprise, definitely. Yeah, yeah, well.
2: so I think what you're doing with, I think what you're doing with it is great. I it's it's terrific it's just to get that whole, promoting that whole uptake of improvements in and productivity and, and profitability and things. And it's good, good on you.
1: Absolutely, cheers mate. Um, like, as long as we can improve the efficiencies and productivity of agribusiness, um, I'll be happy. That's our success. So we'll see how it goes. I'm sure, sure you'll get there. Good on you. Cheers, mate. So how how can we contact you? And like, what's your social media handle? Do you know?
2: Uh, yeah, good question. So on the, on the web at optiway.com.au or just search Optiway with a W-E-I-G-H, not W-A-Y. Yeah. Um, Facebook, Optiway, LinkedIn, Bill Mitchell, one of those will get me. That's about as far as I've extended into that
1: that part of the world. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Phil. Hopefully we'll talk further on down the line. Good luck. Good idea. Cheers, mate. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to the Farms Advice podcast. I hope that we can help you fill in the gaps of your business to help you grow into the future. If you'd like to get in touch, see how we can grow your agribusiness, please visit us at farmsadvice.com.au. Please share this podcast with your colleagues, friends and family to help us find the right audience to improve Australian agribusiness. Hope to see you next time. Cheers